Section 38, Volume 2 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cole McKinnon. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 38. When it was the one hundredth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sharkan spake thus, I long that ye fall in with this my plan, for naught save good can come of it. So they agreed thereon, and clomb the mountain heed, and shouted, Alu Akbar! And hills and trees and rocks reworded their Alu Akbar, for fear of the Almighty. The infidels heard it, and cried out one to other, and donned their armor, and said, The foe is upon us, by the truth of the Messiah. Then they fell on one another, and slew of their own men more than any knoweth, save the Almighty Allah. As soon as it was dawn, they sought for the captives, but found no trace of them. And their captains said, They who did this were the prisoners in our possession. Up then, and after them, in haste, till ye overtake them, when we will make them quaff the cup of requital. And let not fright nor the panic of sudden awakening possess you. So they took the horses, and rode after the fugitives, and it wanted but an eye twinkling, before they overtook them, and surrounded them. Now when Zaul al-Makan saw this, he was seized with increase of terror, and said to his brother, What I feared would come is upon us, and now it remaineth only for us to fight for the faith. But Sherkan Khan preferred to hold his peace. Then Zaul al-Makan and his companions rushed down from the hill-crest, shouting, Alu Akbar! and his men repeated the war-cry, and addressed themselves to fight and to sell their lives in the service of the Lord of faithful men. And while they were in this case, behold, they heard many voices voicing, There is no God but the God, God is most great, salutation and salvation upon the Apostle, the bringer of glad tidings, the bearer of bad tidings. So they turned towards the direction of the sound, and saw a company of Muslims who believed in one God, pushing towards them, whereat their hearts were heartened, and Sher Khan charged upon the infidels, crying out, There is no God but the God. God is most great, he and those with him, so that earth quaked, as with an earthquake, and the unbeliever host brake asunder, and fled into the mountains, and the Muslims followed them with lunge and blow. And Zaul al-Makan and his comrades of the Muslims ceased not to smite the hosts of the infidel foe, and parted heads from bodies till day darkened and night coming on starkened sight. Thereupon the Muslims drew together, and passed the night in congratulations, and, when morning dawned and daybreak shone with its shine and sheen, they saw Baram, the captain of the Dalimites, and Rustam, the captain of the Turks, advancing to join them with twenty thousand cavaliers like lions grim. As soon as they saw Zau al-Makan, the riders dismounted and saluted him, and kissed ground between his hands when he said to them, Rejoice ye in the glad tidings of the victory of the Muslim, and the discomfiture of the tribe of unbelievers. Then they gave one another joy of their deliverance, and of the greatness of the reward after resurrection day. Now the cause of the coming of the suckers to that place was this, when the emir Baram, and the emir Rustam, and the chief chamberlain, with the Muslim host, and flags flaunting high ahead, 
came in sight of Constantinople, they saw that the Nazarenes had mounted the walls and manned the towers and the forts, and had set all their defenders in order of defense. As soon as they learned of the approach of the host of al-Islam and the banners Mohammedan, and they heard the clash of arms and the noise of war-voices and tramp of horse-hoofs, and from their lookouts they beheld the Muslims, with their standards and ensigns of the faith of unity under the dust, clouds, and lo, they were like a flight of locusts or rain-clouds raining rain, and the voices of the Muslims chanting the Koran and glorifying the Compassionate One struck their ears. Now the infidels knew of the approach of this host, through Zat al-Dwahi, with her craft and whoredom, calumny and contrivance, and the armies of al-Islam drew near, as it were the swollen sea, for the multitude of footmen, and horsemen, and women, and children. Then quoth the general of the Turks to the general of the Dalamites, O Emir, of a truth we are in jeopardy from the multitude of the foe who is on the walls. Look at yonder bulwarks, and at this world of folk like the seas that clash with dashing billows. Indeed, yon infidel outnumber us a hundredfold and we cannot be safe from spies who may inform them that we are without a sultan. In very sooth we run danger from these enemies, whose numbers may not be told, and whose resources none can withhold, especially in the absence of King Zal al-Makan and his brother Shere Khan, and the illustrious Wazir Dandan. If they know of this, they will be emboldened to attack us in their absence, and with the sword they will annihilate us to the last man. Not one of us safety shall see. So it is my counsel that thou take ten thousand riders of the allies and the Turks, and march them to hermitage of Matrihiran, and the meadow of Malakuahian, in quest of our brothers and comrades. If thou act by my advice, it may be we shall approve ourselves the cause of their deliverance, in case they be hard-pressed by the infidels. And if thou act not, blame will not attach to me. But an ye go, it behoveth that ye return quickly, for ill suspicion is part of prudence. The emir aforesaid fell in with his counsel, so they chose twenty thousand horses, and they set out covering the roads, and making for the monastery above mentioned. So much for the cause of their coming. But as regards the ancient dame, Zat al-Dwahi, as soon as she had delivered Sultan Zal al-Makan and his brother Shere Khan and the wazir Dandan into the hands of the infidels, the foul whore mounted a swift steed, saying to the faithless, I design to rejoin the Muslim army which is at Constantinople and contrive for their destruction. For I will inform them that their chiefs are dead, and when they hear that from me, their joining will be disjointed, and the cord of their confederation cut, and their host scattered. Then I will go to King Aphrodun, lord of Constantinople, and to my son Hardub, king of Rome, and relate to them their tidings, and they will sally forth on the Muslims with their troops, and will destroy them, and will not leave one of them alive. So she mounted and struck across country on her good steed all the livelong night. And when day dawned, appeared the armies of Barham and Rustam advancing towards her. So she turned into a wayside break, and hid her horse among the trees, and she walked while saying to herself, Haply the Muslim hosts be returning, routed from the assault of Constantinople. However, as she drew near them she looked narrowly, and made sure that their standards were not reversed, and she knew that they were coming not as conquered men, but fearing for their king and comrades. 
When she was assured of this, she hastened towards them, running at speed like a devil of ill reed, till reaching them she cried out, Haste ye, haste ye, O soldiers of the compassionate one, hasten to the holy war against the hosts of Satan. When Barham saw her, he dismounted and kissed the ground before her, and asked her, O friend of Allah, what is behind thee? Answered she, Question not of sad case and sore condition, for when our comrades had taken the treasure from the hermitage of Mataharan, and designed to win their way Constantinople wards, thereupon came out on them a driving host and a dreadful of the infidels, and the damned witch repeated to them the story to fill them with trouble and terror, adding, The most of them are dead, and there are but five and twenty men left, said Baram, O holy man! When didst thou leave them? But this night, replied she, he cried, Glory be to Allah, to him who hath rolled up the far distance for thee like a rug, so thou hast sped thus walking upon thy feet, and props upon a midrib of a palm tree. But thou art one of the saints which fly like birds when inspired and possessed by his directions. Then he mounted his horse, and he was perplexed and confounded by what he had heard from the bedlam so strong in lies and ill calmness, and he said, There is no majesty and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. Verily our labor is lost and our hearts are heavy within us, for our sultan is a prisoner and those who are with him. Then they cut across the country, wide and side, night and day, and when morning dawned they reached the head of the defile, and saw Zawu al-Makan and Sharkan shouting, There is no God, Alu Akbar, and salutation and salvation upon the congratulator, the communinator. Whereupon he and his drove at the unbelievers and whelmed them, as the rain-torrent whelms the waste and cried out their war-cries, till fear get hold of the prowess knights, and the mountains were cloven in affright. And when shone the day, and showed its shine and sheen, the breeze of morning blew upon them sweet and fragrant, and each recognized other as hath been said before. Then they kissed the ground before the king, and before his brother Shere Khan, who told them all that had befallen the party in the cave. Now thereat they marveled and said to one another, Hasten we back to Constantinople, for we left our companions there, and our hearts are with them. So they hurried departure, commending themselves to the subtle, the all-wise, and Zau al-Makan exhorted the Muslims to steadfastness, and versified in the following couplets. Be praises mine to all praiseworthy thee, O Lord, who stinted not mine aid to be. Though was I lost abroad, thou wast to me strongest support which vouchsafed victory. Thou gavest me wealth and reign and goodly gifts, and slungest conquering sword of valiancy. Thou madest me blessed beneath thy kingly shade, engraced with generous boons dealt fain and free. Thou savest from every fear I feared by aid, of my wazir the age's noblest he. Gared us thy grace in fight to throw the Greek, who yet came back dight in war's cremosi? Then made I faint to fly from out the fight, But like grim lion turning made them flee, And left on valley soul my foeman drunk, Not with old wine, but death-cups revelry. Then came the saintly hermit, and he showed His marvels wrought for town and wold to see, When slew the hero whites who woke to dwell In Eden bowers wherein sweet rile lets well. 
But when Zual Amakan had made an end of versifying, his brother Sharkan congratulated him on his safety and thanked him for the deeds he had done. After which, both set out, forcing their marches to rejoin their army, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sharkan congratulated his brother Zaul Amakan on his safety, and thanked him for the deeds he had done. After which, both set out, forcing their marches to rejoin their army. Such was their case. But as regards the old woman, Zatatwalhi, after she had foregathered with the hosts of Rustam and Baram, she returned to the Copus, where she took her steed, and mounted and sped on at speed, till she drew near the Muslim army that beleaguered Constantinople when she lighted down from her destrier, and led it to the pavilion tent of the chief chamberlain. And when he saw her, he stood up to her in honour, and signed to her with his right hand, and said, Welcome, O pious recluse. Then he questioned her of what had befallen, and she repeated to him her disquieting lies, and eluding communes, saying, In sooth I fear for the emir Rustam, and the emir Baram, for that I met them and theirs on the way, and sent them and their following to relieve the king and his companions. Now there are but twenty thousand horses, and the unbelievers outnumber them. So I would have thee at this moment send off the rest of thy troops at full speed to their succour, lest they be slain to the last man. And she cried to them, Haste, haste! When the chamberlain and the Muslims heard these words, their spirits fell and they wept. But Zat al-Dwahi said to them, Ask agents of Allah, and bear patiently this tribulation, for ye have the example of those who have been before you of the people of Muhammad, and paradise with its palaces is laid out by Allah for those who die martyrs, and needs must all die, but most praiseworthy is dying while fighting for the faith. The chamberlain, hearing this speech of the accursed old woman, called for the emir Baram's brother, a knight by the name of Tarkash and choosing out for him ten thousand horses, riders famed for force, bade him set out at once. So he fared forth, and marched all that day, and the whole of the next night, till he neared the Muslims. When daylight dawned, Sharkan saw the dust-cloud about them, and feared for the men of al-Islam, and said, If these troops which are coming upon us be Muslim men, our victory is assured by them. But if these be Nazarenes, there is no gainsaying destiny's decrees. Then he turned to his brother, Zaul al-Makan, and said, Never fear, for with my life I will ransom thee from death. If these be Mohammedan troops, then were it an increase of heavenly favors. But if they be our foes, there is no help save that we fight them. Yet do I long to meet the holy men ere I die, so I may beg him to pray that I die, not save by death of martyrdom. Whilst the twain were thus speaking, behold, there appeared the banners inscribed with the words, There is no God but the God, and Muhammad is the Apostle of God. And Sharkan cried out, How is it with the Muslims? All are sound and safe, replied they, and we came not but out of concern for you. Then the chief of the army dismounted, and, kissing ground before Sharkan, asked, O my lord, how be the sultan, and the wazir Dandan, and Rustam, and my brother Baram? Are they all in safety? He answered, All well, but who brought thee tidings of us? Quoth Tarkesh, It was the holy man who told us that he had met my brother Baram and Rustam, and had sent them both to you, and he also assured us that the infidels had encompassed you, 
and outnumbered you. But I see not the case, save the contrary thereof, and that you are victorious. They questioned him, And how did the holy man reach you? And he replied, Walking on his feet, and he had compassed in a day and a night ten days' journey for a well-girt horseman. There is no doubt but that he is a saint of Allah, said Shere Khan. But where is he now? They rejoined, We left him with our troops, the folk of faith moving them to do battle with the rebels and the faithless. Thereat Sharkan rejoiced, and thanked Allah for their own deliverance and the safety of the holy man, and commended the dead his mercy, saying, This was written in the book. Then they set out making for Constantinople by forced marches, and whilst they were on this enterprise, behold, a dust-cloud arose to such height that it walled the two horizons, the eastern and the western, from man's sight, and the day was darkened by it to night. But Shere Khan looked at it and said, Verily I fear, lest this be the infidels who have routed the army of all Islam, for that this dust walleth the world east and west, and hideth the two horizons north and south. Presently appeared under the dust a pillar of darkness, blacker than the blackness of dismal days, nor ceased to come upon them that column more dreadful than the dread of the day of doom. Horse and foot hastened up to look at it, and know the terrors of the chase, when, behold, they saw it to be the recluse aforesaid, so they thronged round him to kiss his hand, and he cried out, O people of the best of mankind, the lamp which shineth and darkeneth blind, verily the infidels have outwitted the Muslims by guile, for they fell upon the host of the one God, whilst they deemed themselves safe from the faithless, and attacked them in their tents, and made a sore slaughter of them, what well they looked for no while. So hasten to the aid of the believers in the unity of God, and deliver them from those who deny him. Now when Shere Khan heard these words, his heart flew from his breast with sore trouble, and alighting from his steed in amazement, he kissed the recluse's hands and feet. On likewise did his brother, Zaul al-Makan, and the rest of the foot and horse troops, except the wazir Dandan, who dismounted not but said, By Allah my heart flieth from this devotee, for I never knew show of devotion to religion that bred not bane. So leave him, and rejoin your comrades, the Muslims. For this man is of the outcast from the gate of the mercy of the Lord of the three worlds. How often have I here made razia with the King Omar bin al-Numan, and trodden the earth of these lands, said Shere Khan. Put away from thee such evil thought. Hast thou not seen this holy man exciting the faithful to fight, and holding spears and swords light? So slander him not, for backbiting is blamable, and poisoned is the flesh of the pious. Look how he inciteth to fight the foe, and did not Almighty Allah love him? He had cast him aforetime into fearful torment. Then Shere Khan bade bring a Nubian mule for the ascetic to ride, and said, Mount, O pious man, devote and virtuous. But the devotee refused to ride, and feigned self-denial, that he might attain his end, and they knew not that his holy personage was like him of whom the poet saith. He prayeth and he fasteth, for an end he doth espy. When once his end is safely won, then fast in prayer good-bye. So the devotee ceased not to walk among the horsemen and the footmen, like a wily fox meditating guile, and began to uplift her voice, chanting the Koran and praising the Compassionate One, and they continued pressing forward till they approached the camp of Al-Islam, where Shere Khan found the Muslims in conquered plight and the Chamberlain upon the brink of falling back in flight.
Wilt the sword of Greece havoc dight among the faithful, the righteous and those who work upright? And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section thirty eight of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume two.